Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. But before we get to that, though, y'all, it's five days. Five days until 100 Days to Brave for Kids releases. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. Next Tuesday. And then on February 17th, we all get to start getting braver together. I'm just so excited. You can pre-order 100 Days to Brave for Kids now, and it will be available everywhere you love to buy books on Tuesday, February 8th. If you want to take this 100-day journey towards being the bravest version of yourself, grab your copy of 100 Days to Brave off your shelf or get a copy wherever you love to buy books and sign up at the link in the show notes so we can send you some fun encouragement along the way. And we'll dive into today's conversation right after I share with you about one of our incredible partners. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on the show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. There are some common misconceptions that we want to see dispelled for people who want to try therapy. Things like, I have to wait until things are completely unbearable. Nope. Or needing a therapist to help me means something is wrong with me. No, it's not. That is not true. Seeing a counselor can help keep you from getting to the place of feeling mentally and emotionally too far gone. And admitting you need help is actually one of the bravest admissions you can make. My counselor helps me gain tools to process challenges I face. And I think it would be amazing for you to have that in your life too. You can find it through BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live Live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and that sounds fun, friends. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash that sounds fun. Today on the show, I get to talk with my sweet friend, best-selling author and public speaker, Sadie Robertson-Huff. She's been on the show before, way back. She helped me kick this thing off with episode 42. And she and her husband, Christian, who I love, were on together during Couples Month 2020, if you want to go back and hear those two episodes. Her new book, Who Are You Following? Pursuing Jesus in a Social Media-Obsessed World, released on Tuesday. And y'all... It's just such a needed message. I'm so excited for us to get to catch up with Sadie, for you to get this book in your hands, and let her know about my nomination for her as a Faith Forward Peloton instructor. We're going to talk about it, and we are going to make it happen, y'all. So here is my conversation with Sadie Robertson-Huff. Sadie, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Thanks. I love being on That Sounds Fun. It's great. I love when you're here. Everyone loves when you're here. Okay, can we talk about our businesses to start off? Girl, let's talk about it. Because you saw last week on my Instagram, I was talking about how we had a business failure and a business success, and people were very surprised. I think, Mm -hmm. A, they're a little bit surprised that you and I call what we do businesses and not ministries. Do you call yours a ministry? Do you call your business? Do you call it both? What is yours? 
I think it's kind of both. Yeah. I mean, certainly it's a ministry, but it's also a business. And there is an, I'll say this to what you said was so relatable to me because from the business standpoint, like things can be a failure. But I think when you look at it as ministry, it's like nothing is a failure. God's in it all, you know? And so it's like, yeah, that's true. But like from business perspective, that kind of failed, you know? Yeah. And so I think you have to look at it as both and it helps looking at it as both because you do know that God's in it and he's for you and whatever yeah. happens, you know, happens. But in the business world, you're like, but we didn't hit our goal. And that's money. the reality oh, we didn't of this moment. Yeah. yeah, and we lost right. this much money, yes. This goes really hand in hand with your new book with Who Are You Following? Because one of my questions I've been asking myself is like, no one's asking Walmart to talk about their business goals that they didn't meet. No one's asking Chick-fil-A, like, if you're really honest, Chick-fil-A, you'll tell us your failures of your business. (laughs) And so I've been really interested at people's interest in us not hitting our goals professionally. What do you think that's about? I think it's probably because, you know, Instagram and social media does portray this highlight reel. And so people are just used to seeing everyone hit it. You know, they're used to seeing everyone succeed, used to seeing like the big moments, the celebratory moments. But of course, no one's going to post on Instagram. Hey, guys, like. I completely failed today and maybe, or maybe they will, but there's a, there's an encouraging message at the end of it. You know, it's always something good that you don't see like the raw reality of it. And so I think people who follow us on Instagram are like, man, they're always killing it. And you know, that's not true. And it's not that you're trying not to share. It's just not even natural to share that. But you know, even for this book, I've been so excited about this book and honestly, it's done incredible already, but we had a goal and guess what? It didn't get reached, but that's that's not something that I'm sitting here posting on Instagram. I'm posting the successes of it because there are so many successes, but there's also some internal goals that we didn't meet and that's okay. And sometimes that can be hard or confusing and you can ask the why questions. Um, But I think that's when you have to also believe, okay, well, this is a ministry and God's going to do the work that he's going to do with what, however it goes out, you know? So uh, there definitely is a both to that. And it also feels like if my business isn't going to be a reality show where they see every day of our goal setting, then it doesn't make sense to explain this particular goal. You know, like, and so I've just really been wrestling with this. Like, I want to invite, if our friends on the other side of this want to hear more about the business side of what you and I do, I'm open to that. I know they want the relationship side. I know they want to hear about you being a mom and a wife. They want to hear about my dating life. I know they want to hear about what's going on with God (laughs) and us. I didn't realize anybody wanted to hear about our business goals. <laughs> I just didn't realize that. I know, that. honestly. And it's weird because typically when I post about stuff that has to do with the business, it doesn't get like as much engagement, I guess, right. because people are so relational. But then there are like a lot of people out there who are wanting to start their own business or have started their own business or started a ministry. And they are seeking that advice from, you know, people like us who are doing that. So it makes sense that we yeah. should talk about it. But yeah, it's it's just funny, I guess. Those are the things I don't even think about posting. Right. I don't Right. Like, I don't think like, oh, I'm intentionally not posting this. I just don't even think about it. You know? <laughs> I just don't. We just haven't put like our business plan into the world. But like last year, one of our friends from our AFD Week in Review email asked this question. And I thought it was interesting. She said, you've talked about how you went from three employees to 11 in the last year. Mm-hmm. Sadie. Yeah. Because that's a big question people ask is, how do I know when I need more people on my team? So what yeah. was the growth that was happening that needed your team to grow? So I would say that was crazy going from three to 11 in one year, but it definitely needed to happen. And to be honest, it probably needed to happen a year ago. Like it needed Mm. to probably happen two years ago even, but that is a hard thing to navigate when you know you need someone else, because there's some sense of, if you're a, you know, a hard worker, you're a determined person. And I'm kind of like that, where you just think you can do it all, you know, you can get it done or your team that you have can get it done. And I had three really solid people and we just did it. We, we called ourselves the young and scrappy and we were young and scrappy. We were maybe a little naive, which was like our superpower and just did it. And God did incredible things with that. Well, then the ministry kept growing to the point where we had, you know, the podcast, the blog twice a week. We have this clothing line, Words of Affirmation. We have a YouTube yeah. channel that goes up. We have, I mean, books. We have so many of these things. And for me personally, I was doing the job of like six people. I was literally, yes. you know, writing my book, but then prepping for my podcast and then doing like 
all this other crazy stuff. And then I became a mom last year and all the different things that came with that. And then our content girl who was like over like four Instagrams and a website and a blog and this, like she needed someone under her. And it was just this point where it was like, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, we need multiple of us. And then we were like, and there are people out there who are like that, who do have the heart to serve and who would do an incredible job. And so we just kind of realized like we're swamped. And if we keep doing this, I realize like if I keep doing this, I will burn out at a young age and I don't want to burn out. And for me, like I see people like Chris Kane who are, you know, way ahead of me and they still love their job and they love what they're doing. And I want to be like that. And Louie and Shelly, and I want to be like that. But in order to be like that, like I need a team of people or else I'm going to burn out. And so last year it was finding those people. And honestly, it was, it was hard, you know, and it was a lot of transition. Anytime you are in transition, that's a hard season for a business or a ministry. But now I have this solid team in place. We just had our team retreat with 11 girls and most of them were, you know, filling in for jobs that I was doing that I need help with. But we also had some new things. Like we had some dreams in our heart that we wanted to start through LO. And we knew we couldn't do that unless we hire a specific person for that. So we hired some intentional people for that. And so next year, this year, we'll roll out some new things that people haven't seen LO do. And those are because we have new people. How do you lead them? So on my staff, Ashley leads the staff. She is Mm -hmm. our, we call her our staff boss. So yeah. Three times a year, she does all the reviews. One time a year, I do, right? So there's some rhythms like that where she really is the person that, because I couldn't do it anymore. I wasn't leading my staff well. And so we brought her on to help lead the staff. How are you doing that? How are you leading that team of 11? Or do you have a COO that's leading your team? Yeah, no. So we kind of do it like this. We have kind of a lead team and then the team under us. So myself and a girl named Steph and Courtney are kind of like our lead team because Courtney and Steph have been with y'all forever. Oh, they've started LA with me almost five years ago. And so. We've and have they all done, moved to Louisiana? Does everybody live there? No. So everyone on our team, except for Court and Steph, Court and Steph live in Nashville and yeah. or in Franklin. And they work out of, we have like a rent office space in Franklin. And so they are like part of our lead team because they started everything with me. Yeah. And then we kind of lead each person of us has multiple people under us who they Smart. report to. But we also have like a... Um, basically so we have like leadership training stuff that staff started and she's really taken on like the leadership role for our team where each our team members we read a book like we're going to read a book each quarter about leadership and then they have to email court and Steph and I what they learn and then we have like different things we do we use the slack app which is how everyone communicates and yeah and so it's like we have a funnel we have a place where everyone works together but everyone's under somebody and Steph really takes the role of she calls it flourish it's a program to grow (laughs) leaders and uh, flourish is where everyone reports to her on what they're learning each season things that they're you know need to work work on that kind of thing. Seth kind of takes the charge of that. What is your hope for growth? Do you see LO growing? Like, is it going to have 70 employees someday? Or are you getting close to like, okay, this is everything I can do as the face. Mm -hmm. And so we are close to capacity for growth even. No, I think we'll grow a lot. I honestly do. I can see us having, yeah, I can see, which is kind of crazy. I can see us having a big team. I don't know about 70, maybe like 30 or something. (laughs) But I mean, we just started, for instance, we just started the conference and our conference this year, which we haven't announced yet, but we will have a conference this year and it's going to be a lot bigger than last year. And that requires a team. And then we might be going on tour and that requires a team. And then we have the podcast, which has grown so big and that requires the team and then we have the blogs and the Ella sister app which the app is so um gosh there's so much that goes into that we need so many people on staff for that which right now we don't have you know right now we're doing what we can but if we want it to grow bigger we're gonna have to have more people and so yeah I do see that in the future I would like to just kind of plant something solid right now and just build a solid foundation with the team that we have and that's kind of what we're intentionally doing this year is making everyone on our team a leader And so that when we do grow, these girls on our team know how to lead and know how to bring the new people 
into the vision that we're we're creating. And so, yeah, I mean, I do see that in the future. I'm okay with that going slow. I, yes. I would rather that not happen this year, Amen, but yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. And honestly, so thankful. I never would have thought that I would be in this position or that God would, you oh. know, grow LO to be what it is, but I'm so thankful and I love people and I love a team. So it's yeah. been fun to see that grow. It has made my job so much more fun to have a team that oh, like we so come much to more work fun. every day and everybody's like here and it is, it is awesome. And the other it's huge so benefit fun. is while you and I are doing this, our teams are meeting other goals. Like we have a photo shoot going totally. on right now. And you know, like totally. all these things that if it is just me, we cannot get done all the things that we would like to do. Totally. Yep. No, that's how it was for me. It was like, I had all these dreams and I'm like, I can't do them. Like we need right. a team. And that's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ. Like he gave us a body, like the people, yeah. like we have to wear it together because you're not meant to carry it all. And when you do try to carry it all, there's too much weight, too much yeah. weight. You'll get crushed. You'll break a bone. You'll, you know, and that's how it was. And I, I remember talking to Jenny Allen one day and I was like in tears and I was like, Jenny, like, I'm so scared because I think I'm about to burn out and I'm only 24. Mm. And she was like, okay. She was like, you need a team and this is who you need to hire. And she literally like sat with me and told me exactly what I needed to do. And she sat with Steph. And I mean, she literally got me out of that hole. And yeah. she, because she looked at me and she said, I've been exactly where you're at twice yeah. in my life. Yeah. And, you know, that's the reality of it. As a leader, I think that's one moment when you know you need help is whenever you, you know, have tears in your eyes and you say, I'm about yes. to burn out unless I have help. Yes. Do you only hire women? So we do only have women right now, but we do have one guy who's our camera guy. He's <laughs> holding down the fort. He's holding down the fort. Which he helps with Christian stuff too, which is kind of nice. And Christian's like, this guy has to be a dude because he's doing all my like workout stuff and he gets it, you know? So he's, uh, he's our one guy. Yes. Okay. Tell me about what Christian's working on. He has like a whole fitness podcast now. Yes. Yeah, so Christian started a fitness podcast. It's called four, eight men. And it's a first Timothy four, eight talks about how like bodily training is of some value, but godliness is a value in every way. And so that's the base of his podcast of, okay, how do we, you know, train physically, but more importantly, prioritize training spiritually. And yeah. so, yeah, it's been awesome. He's had several guests on like a lot of professional athletes, but then also a lot of pastors who are yeah. just into working out. Cause there's so many people in the church world who like love working out, which has been fun for him to just get to talk to. And he's, he's loving it. He's having fun. He honestly just like, he works out all the time cause he loves it. Yeah. And so I've been telling him forever. I'm like, that's your ministry. Like that's your ministry. Yeah. You should do something with it. And he started the podcast. So it's been cool to watch that grow. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Epic Will. Okay, so here are some scenarios I want you to think about. Have you gone through any of these? Turning 18, buying a house, getting married or divorced, having a baby, moving to another state. Y'all are kind enough to let me in on so many of your big life events. So I happen to know that these things are things many of you have walked through or are walking through right now. You know what else they are? Some of the biggest reasons you need to have a will. And Epic Will is the easiest and most affordable way I know of to make sure you're covered. It's easy to think, well, I don't really have that much stuff. And a will just says who your belongings go to one day. Well, your girl AFD is here to tell you that that's actually not all there is to it. There's so much more. My friend's wills also state who's going to be named guardians of all my mini BFFs, which we definitely want you to decide and not some court or some judge. With EpicWill.com, you'll also get your advanced directive so that no one you love has to make tough medical decisions on your behalf without knowing your wishes. Plus, you'll get your healthcare and financial powers of attorney handled as well. Basically, EpicWill.com empowers you or you and your spouse to make those important decisions, all with the guidance of people who know what they're doing. EpicWill.com has seen everything out there. And with all that expertise, they've built the most comprehensive, self-guided early estate plan for you. Knowing that your belongings, your family, and your legacy are protected, that actually does sound fun to me. In as little as five minutes and for less than you spend on a trip to Target, you can create an early estate plan with Epic Will. So just go to EpicWill.com and use the promo code FUN20 for 20% off. Again, that's EpicWill.com and use the promo code FUN20 for 20% off. Get some peace of mind today with Epic Will. And I've got one more incredible partner to tell you about. It's Indeed. Y'all ask all the time if we're hiring here 
here at Downs Books and the That Sounds Fun Network. And thank you for asking. And the answer is always the same. When we're hiring, it'll be through Indeed. And if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. It's the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match and assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. With virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent seamlessly all in one place. And they make it easy to connect with your applicants. No need to install anything extra. Indeed's virtual interviews work right from your browser, which is brilliant. And Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. We have had nothing but the best experience hiring through Indeed, y'all. And the team members we found through them are ridiculously competent. But more than that, they're great fits for our team in all the ways, character, culture, and competence. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. This offer is valid through March 31st. So go to Indeed.com slash sounds fun to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And now back to our conversation with Sadie. How has your work changed since you had Honey? Oh my gosh. Well, a lot. Well, I, I say a lot, really not because, you know, I still have all the things that I'm doing, but it changed a lot because I think that was another reason why I knew I needed help. And that's whenever I had Honey, I hired a couple people to put in place for some of the things I knew was almost like busy work for me, you know, yeah. or the extra things that weren't like, intentionally what I'm like doing, but like need help doing. And so having honey made me, you know, really get the help that I needed. But also, man, having honey has been amazing. We do have a nanny who works with us and she's amazing and keeps honey while Christian and I work, yeah. which is which is great. And a lot of times she'll be up at the office with us because I just can't stand being away from her. But um, <laughs> you're like, oh, like, she awake? Her. Just bring her on up here. <laughs> oh, that's literally me all the time. I'm like, if she's up, yeah, you just bring her on over here. But honey's <laughs> the best. I mean, it makes it so fun, though, because when I get home, like, just getting to be with her is such a joy and she's in the most fun stage ever. Like, I mean, I'm sure there would be a lot more fun stages ever in her life, but this little personality is just starting to blossom and it is like the most fun to see every day, a new trick. It's just been awesome. When you get home, how do you stop working? How do you like turn your brain off? There are so many of our friends listening who are working moms or dads. And when they get home, they're like, well, I still need to post that thing on Instagram or there's 10 more emails I could get through. Like, how do you or do you not stop or do you stop? Yeah, I kind of have to force myself to stop. For me, I have to like put the phone in the other room or like turn on music or something just so that I'm not on the phone because my job is so much on my phone. Oh my gosh, as soon as I open my phone, I go to work. That's what I say to myself. I know, me too. But also like, I think because when I get home, like I genuinely am excited to see Honey. Like it's fun to play with her. But one thing I will say on a practical sense of what helps me like get out of work is I really like to cook something or like just, I mean, for some reason cooking just makes like the stress go away. And I'm not like a great cook. Like I'm not like amazing over here but even if I just get like my green chef box like yeah I like just something to just like reshift like hey I'm home like we're doing something different and man I don't know why that helps me so much or sitting down feeding honey like something that just like completely gets me out of that and that helps a lot like last night I had like book press all day and then got home and cooked a meal for everyone they were like how, like, how do you have book personality? Then you come home and you cook. I'm like, no, it actually like helps me. Like, this is like my de-stressor. This is like getting my brain like back into reality. Yeah. Let's talk about, I mean, your new book, Who Are You Following is really the subtitle, Pursuing Jesus in a Social Media Obsessed World. I mean, will you talk to me a little bit about your home rhythms? Like before you go to work, for our friends listening, there are students before you go to school and after, 
like those couple hours before and the couple hours after. What are your rhythms with your social media and with your phone that are keeping you healthy? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have to say, I'm not a very good rhythm person. And I will say Rebecca Lyons would be mad at me. I know. We're supposed to have Uh, rhythms of renewal. Get your rhythms. I know. And she literally was my mentor in Franklin. And I'll somehow walk away and don't have great rhythms. But I I will say, she, her message is incredible. I really do love the rhythms thing. It's just my days look so different every day that there's nothing Uh, that's like super consistent in my life, you know, because some days I'll go to work early because I have to. And some days I don't have to go till 11 and that's great. And I can spend the morning with honey and hang out or whatever. So every day is just so different, but I will say, you know, in the morning, one thing that I do try to do with my phone is I have all my apps limited until 10 AM. So like nothing works until 10, except for my Bible app. Hello sister, because hello sister is like actually just really encouraging. Right, um, right. I have my text messaging, but nothing else works. It's like literally frozen until 10 a.m., which is really great. And sometimes I'll like unfreeze YouTube and watch like a sermon or like I watch a lot of Priscilla Shire a lot in the morning. Yeah. um, Just because it gets my mind right. And so that's a great practical thing is like freezing your apps because if you know you don't have control, then just do it. Yeah. You can go in your settings and you set like a dead time or whatever it's called. For me, it's like, I think it's midnight to 10 a.m. or something. Wow. But yeah, that's really great. And that's just a really practical thing because the rest of my day, I know I'm going to be on social media or I know I'm going to be right. working, but that's normally a safe bet. I can wait till 10. And then when you get home at night, does it have an off time at night? It does have an off time at night, but I will say I'm not really on social media as much at night because I'm on it so much during the day, you know, but it depends on like where I'm at in my work. Like if I am like, for instance, in the middle of a book launch, I'm posting on social media a lot. So when I get home, the last thing I want to do is get on social media, you know, (laughs) but if you are someone who social media is not your job and nighttime is your time for social media, I mean, screen times are the way to go. Seriously. Like just set yourself a time and try to stick to it. My husband is the most disciplined person with the screen time. I'm terrible at it. I'll set like an hour and I'll still like add 15 Override, minutes. Override, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but too. Christian literally sets 15 minutes of screen time a day and that guy does not pass it. And I'm like, how do you do that? How do you so, do that? I'm like, I really don't know. But yeah, I mean, if that helps you, I think that's a great way too. And I mean, for Christian and I, one thing we've been challenging ourselves in is because we don't get to spend a like every day, all day with honey, like we would when we're with her, we don't get on our phones because we just want to be intentional unless we're doing something with her. Like I'll do little reels with her, like something fun or take pictures, but like, don't be scrolling on Instagram while we're like hanging out with honey, you know? And that's a discipline too. Just making sure you're being intentional with the people that are right in front of you. And that can be hard. Like, honestly, when you've had a bad day or a long day or a stressful day, like you want to just get home and get on your phone, but it's like, you know, telling yourself to rise above that, you know? I'm thinking about our friends who, when they get home, there's no one else there or who work from home all day, right? Mm -hmm. That they're getting, they're spending a lot of time alone. What else can you do in your alone time to feel connected, right? Because that's my inclination too, Sadie, is I can sit down after dinner on the couch and spend two hours scrolling with the TV on. Yeah. I love, well, Annie, your book is so perfect for this. That sounds fun because like you have, your book challenged me in those moments. Like, what can I do that's fun? That's not like scrolling. Yeah. Like, what can I actually do? And you know what we started to do? We play so much cards. Like, we are obsessed with Rummy. And I'm not kidding. Like, almost every night, like me and Christian, <laughs> Bella and Jacob play Rummy. I'm not even kidding. And so, like, that's a really practical thing of, like, if, yeah. if you're alone, you know, maybe maybe it's even calling your friends, FaceTiming someone. That's yeah. a beautiful thing that we have, Zooming a bunch of friends. Me and um, a couple of my friends, two of them are in Nashville, one's in Dallas, and we Zoom just to catch up and laugh and yeah. hang out. It just, like, makes you feel connected. and Or maybe it's calling someone and say, come over, let's play cards. Like, just yeah. don't underestimate uh, the fun from a game of cards. Like, that right. is a good time. And so I think sometimes, you know, one thing that – I learned this year is you really do have to put yourself out there to build community. Like building community is hard and you know, it's easy to just be alone and stay alone and just say, well, no, I don't have anyone. And and that might be the case, but there is something to saying like, okay, well, this girl I met at church, like I can just take Sarah and see if she wants to hang out because I've made the most random friends this year from like random places. And it's just been sweet because I knew I needed that. Like I knew I needed a friend to text sometimes say, Hey, you want to go to coffee? Cause I had that in Nashville, but I didn't have it once I moved. 
And yeah. now I feel like I built that. So I do encourage you, like, if you feel lonely, like, put yourself out there. Try to build community because odds are there's a lot of people on the same side that you're on saying, I wish I had someone. And yeah. you can be that person, you know? Did your community change a lot when you had a kid? Some sense, yes. I think, you know, honey, definitely, once you have a kid, like, there is this element to, like, you're really busy with your family and just being a mom and raising a kid. But at the same time, we did still desire friendships and want to hang out with people. And we have all friends from different ages, a lot of friends who don't have kids, friends that do have kids. And I will say like trying to be friends with other moms is hard because like other moms are busy and they're trying to keep a schedule, but like still there's something to pushing past that and trying to make time, you know, even if it's like a walk in the park or just going and meeting up at someone's house and just hanging out, and letting your kids be crazy together. You know, yeah. I just think fighting for that together time is really important. Okay, so I actually preached this Sunday at Crosspoint, and one of the scriptures I'm using is Isaiah 58, and it lists that, like, this is what a fast is to God, and it I lists out that all chapter. these things, yes. right? Yes. The very last one is time with your family. Like, actually, mm-hmm. spit like, I'll open it up and read it, in the message version particularly. Okay, so this is Isaiah 58, and he says, what I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing food with the hungry, inviting the mm-hmm. homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad and being available to your own family. Hmm, I thought wow. that was so interesting. I don't know why I've never seen wow. that before. Yeah. What is it? And that's what y'all get to do. Y'all all live right there. It, it cannot be easy all the time that your mm-hmm. whole family is in like stone's throw distance, except to mama, who, you know, helped me tie a bow on a dress and I'll never forget it. <laughs> yes. Hey, that girl will help you tie a bow. I'm, listen, I had to do it again a couple of weeks ago and I was like, what I would give for two mama to tie this bow for me. <laughs> but so talk about that. Talk about, you said Bella and Jacob come over, your sister comes over every night. Like, what is it like to be available to your own family? Yeah. Uh, gosh, that's so good. You know, I've read Isaiah 58 so many times and I don't even know that I've ever recognized that part of being with your family as a fast. And I have to say like, so true because when I'm with my family, that is my time of rest. That is like my happy place. Like last night I had my mom, Bella, Jacob and Steph come over and we played cards and uh, that just is like the most like fun thing to me. Like tonight, yes. my mom's like, what do you want to do for your book lunch party? I'm like, I want to have family and friends over and I want to play fishbowl. Like that's yeah. like all I want to do. Like, cause that's <laughs> what like makes me have fun. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, there are elements to it being hard when your family is so close together. And of course you have your, your little tiffs or whatever. But at the end of the day, like those are your people. That's your, yeah. those are your people that God put in your life for a reason. They, they understand you more than anyone does and they're with you on the great high mountaintop moments but they are with you in the valleys and I think that's why it's so amazing because I talk about this in the book how there's such a difference by being seen and being known and you know on social media you can be seen by millions of people but known by no one and because of that you feel lonely But when you're known by a few, you can like be seen by all these, it doesn't even matter. But when you're known by a few, like that's when you feel truly loved because to be known and know that you're, when you know that you're known and then you know that you're also loved, like that is like the most powerful thing. And so I think that's why family is so important is because, you know, these people know you better than anyone in the world. Mm -hmm. They know your sass. They know your bad days. They know all your stuff. But they love you. And there's something so freeing about that. And so I think that may be why, you know, that is a true fast. That is a true beautiful thing. That is a true rest because you're just with people that know you. You're with people that love you unconditionally. And you can laugh freely because it's not like you're sitting there worried they're going to find out something that they're not going to like or see you at an angle they're not going to agree with. Like they're just with you. And so, yeah, that's special time to us. We play a whole lot of games, play a lot of tennis, play a lot of spicy Uno. And uh, those are just just refreshing times. I don't know Spicy Uno. Girl, I'm telling you. That is like the most fun game ever. Next time I'm in Nashville, like we should literally get a group of people together to play Spicy Uno. It would be a heck of a time. So basically it's Uno, but it's way more rules to it. And it's hilarious. It's spicy. It's just it's just the best. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I love regular Uno. And so anything spicy I'm interested in. Oh, if you like regular Uno, like you would no longer be able to play regular Uno because this just makes <laughs> it so much, much more fun. Okay. It's that much better. 
Oh, great. Okay, so tell me of all your books you've written, why is Who You Are Following the right next one? What was happening? I mean, I've read the book. I live life with you, so I know. But what was happening in your life that made this the right next book? Yeah, you know, honestly, I just felt like this whole social media obsessed culture is really weighing on us. And the thing is, like, I love social media. I'm a huge social media fan. I'm an advocate, if you will. I'm like, yes, like use social media, be a light in it, be, you know, um, a good example on social media, have fun with it, use it for what it's intended for. However, when you look around at our culture as a whole, we're not using it as it's intended for. It's not a bright spot. It is a place of darkness. It is a place where people are comparing themselves to a lot of people. It is a place where anxiety is, um, it's proven that it makes anxiety worse than these feelings of loneliness and eating disorders and all these horrible things. And, you know, I just am looking at this as a whole and I'm like, that's so sad because this has such potential to be such a, a, a great thing for so many yeah. people, but it's actually stealing so much from everyone. And so, you know, for me, but do you feel I was like kind people of thinking, are paying attention to that more than they used to. I feel like we're not just swallowing it whole anymore. Yeah, I think they are to some degree, but I also like I'll have conversations with friends. Like, for instance, uh, this was one of the things that actually really inspired me to write this book is this one comment. And I started, you know the process of wanting to write this book. And then I heard this and I was like, we have to write this book. I was in a conversation with some friends and this girl is in college, love her family, friend, all stuff. And she was talking about TikTok and she said, I think TikTok is the worst thing for our generation. And I said, really? And she said, Oh, it's horrible. I mean, it has made people so much more mean. It is a terrible thing. I mean, just even like the lust aspect of it, there's all these things. She said, it's the worst thing for our generation. And I said, do you have it? And she said, well, yeah. And I said, well, I said, why? you think it's the worst thing for a generation? You have it? And she said, well, yeah, just keep it for the entertainment. And that's when I was wow. like, okay, here's a problem. And the person right beside her said, to be honest, I spent seven hours on TikTok yesterday. Wow. Seven hours. And this is the worst thing for our generation. And yet we're keeping it for entertainment. And I'm just like, man, we are not discerning. We are not using wisdom. We are not guarding our heart against the thing that we know is bad for us. And that's why I wanted to, you know, title this book as a question of who are you following? Like, what are you putting into your life? What things are influencing your day? Why are you the way that you are? Is it because maybe you're looking at something for seven hours a day and you can't help but kind of become that if that's what you're feeding yourself? And so I just wanted to have a book that kind of helped people navigate through some of those negative effects social media has had on us and make people think a little extra about some of the decisions that they're making that they're making so loose You know, you don't think that you're making a decision when you get on Instagram, but you are. And I think that that's what I wanted people to think about. And because I think if we did think about it, social media would be an awesome place. I love it too. You know, we both love it. I mean, I love being there, but I can find myself. I mean, it happened actually last night. I'm embarrassed to tell you that I was about to use an example that happened last night. Fell asleep with my phone in my hand. Yeah, it's real. What? Like my discipline is to put my phone across the room and plug it in in my bathroom. And I just didn't last night. I plugged it in by my bed and I am 40 years old and I'm still trying to figure out how do I coexist with this opportunity that is everywhere? You know, that it it is just always right next to me. Totally. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. That's why you have to think about it. I think because it is a place to go and to numb or a place to go and just to have fun, you don't really think that it's having serious effects in your life. But then when you look at the statistics, it's like, it's staggering. It's huge effects in your life. And for me, I don't even have to look at the statistics. I know what it's done in my own life, you know, enough to be able to write a book and say, this is what I've experienced. And here's the thing that I realized, and this is why I felt like this was a timely message too. And one of the reasons I felt like I personally needed to write it, not that, I mean, God could have used anybody for sure, but I do felt like there was something about me writing this book because everything in life, basically that we go through as a young person, you call a mentor and you say, Hey, how did you handle this whenever you went through this season of your life? Or you call your mom and you say, what did you do when you were this age? 
But social media is different. You can't call, you can, but you're not going to call a mentor who's 65 and say, hey, I'm really struggling with social media effects. How did you handle it when you had a hater on social media (laughs) blasting you, you know? Right. That didn't happen, you know? And they can give some advice, you know, based off things that they experienced that were similar. But we don't have that guide, you know? We don't have that wisdom speaking into from an older generation because we, are, as a younger generation, are leading the charge. And so I'm hoping, to give some wisdom from the little bit I've learned over the past few years of having social media and no, I'm not some, you know, older person who's super wise and all this, but I'm like, Hey, I'm real. I'm 24 year old. who's going through the same thing you're going through. And this is what I found uh, biblical truths that I found that align with the things that we're struggling with when it comes to social media. And so hopefully people can find Jesus through finding a way to navigate through this uh, crazy social media obsessed world. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, ZocDoc. There are some amazing doctors out there, y'all, but really the only ones that matter are the ones who actually take your insurance, right? And with ZocDoc, you can focus on the doctors who are in network, putting you on the path to see the doctors who are right for you. No more wasting time hunting down your aunt's cash-only chiropractor or the dentist your neighbor recommends who's out of your network. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, takes your insurance, and are available when you need them. You can read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews, and see what other real humans had to say about their visit, which I think is awesome. So when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. So go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot, and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit. And just like that, you're booked. Y'all, ZocDoc makes it so easy. Find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a doctor. In the chaotic world of healthcare and my calendar, (laughs) let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that is surprisingly pain-free, a way with the chaos. So go to ZocDoc.com slash that sounds fun and download the ZocDoc app for free. And then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash that sounds fun. ZocDoc.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to finish up our conversation with Sadie. What you're saying is one of the biggest problems is we don't have leaders. We don't have mm-hmm. people who are yep. teaching us how to do this well. Like in every other area of our lives, we have mentors who can help us. And now even me, whether I'm the younger woman talking to my mentor, Nancy, or I'm the older woman talking to a younger woman. I mean, I had to get on, had to put that very much in quotes. Saints. I had <laughs> to get on TikTok because people I'm mentoring are there and yeah, had totally. questions for me. But do you know what I fell asleep watching last night? TikTok. TikTok. So clearly <laughs> put some words around because maybe some of our friends listening, maybe they're just on Facebook or maybe they're just on Instagram and they don't know. So will you do some description of the difference your yeah. generation feels about Facebook and Instagram and TikTok? Yeah. So there's like, uh, I'll also add Snapchat to this too, because Snapchat oh, is too. a huge one that I think is, uh, I talk about that in the book because I think Snapchat is, that's a tough one. Okay. So really? we'll start with Oh, that's like, I personally, Christian, and I, I think that's the worst. If I'm going to say something's the worst thing for our generation, I'm going to say it's Snapchat. Really? And I will go on record saying that because I, I just don't think anything done in secret is a good thing. And yep. it's just too, not only is Snapchat set up to be done and I hate to, I'm going so strong on this. There's going to be so many moms out here who are about to make their kids delete Snapchat, but I'm, I'm actually not, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually okay with that. I'm okay with being the I bad guy. I love Snapchat. My, yeah. Yeah, I quit it's Snapchat. not good. No. So I'll tell you, this is what I wrote in the book about Snapchat, about how when you get on Snapchat, first of all, the whole thing is set up so that you can send a picture and the p- picture will disappear. So put the pieces together. Like right. that's a horrible idea for young people. But then the other part of it that's horrible is the articles that are on Snapchat. So when you get on Snapchat, basically there's all these magazine articles for free that you can have uh-huh. access to. And the magazines that you're getting are 17, Cosmopolitan, all these ones. And so the cover of the magazine articles are always some sexy, scandalous, 
thing that are meant to lure you in that say, it, I mean, literally, it'll be like top 10 sex positions, or it'll say yeah. the hottest body challenge, or who slept with who last night, like it's all these like very seductive articles. And what do you do as a 17 year old, you click on it, because that's yeah. what I did. And I yeah. love Jesus. And I love the Lord. But that's what I was clicking on, because I was interested. And then it gets you interested. And then you're stuck in this toxic cycle of going to this every day. And to me, the reason why I was clicking this is because honestly, it was posting things that I didn't know about that. I didn't want to ask my mom that I didn't want to ask my sister. I didn't want to ask my friend, but I could learn from Snapchat. So you have to realize that social media is teaching the younger generation and TikTok is certainly a teacher as well. So TikTok if you get on TikTok, basically it is, it's just all short videos. So you can scroll through TikTok. You're just going to see a bunch of short videos and TikTok. I think the heart of it is fun. You know, like there's fun dances you can do. There's funny yeah. little videos Y'all you can do. Y'all are so do. good at them. Um, you and Christian are so which funny. I, lo- I love it. I love it yeah. for the good reasons of it. You can even do really inspirational ones. Like you can preach a little message on TikTok, which will go out to a lot of people. I mean, It's crazy how famous you can get from TikTok. So how big of a reach these things can get. But at the same time, there are also people teaching very blunt messaging that is completely in opposition of the gospel that's teaching young people and throwing out these ideas or throwing out this viewpoint of life. And all of these things are teaching our young people. So, you know, you have to be aware of that. Well, then Instagram and Facebook is a little bit different because I feel like with Instagram and Facebook, you can really guard your heart with those because you really do choose who you're going to follow. You choose for the most part what you're going to see. You choose. Yeah, because on TikTok, again, even, you, you, there's a discover. I mean, the main thing on TikTok is showing you the people you do not The main thing is the discovery page. So that's yes. the thing with Snapchat. When you get on Snapchat, you're going to see those articles no matter what because that's the main page of Snapchat. And if you get on TikTok, you're going to see people's TikToks that you don't know. So you can't, you and you don't know what's going to pop up next. So yeah. if you scroll it could be something it could be you know louis giglio preaching the house down or it can be some girl twerking to miley cyrus like you literally have no idea what's going to come up on instagram you can kind of guard your heart because you get to follow who you follow on your explore page your explore page is basically mixed up of the things that you look up so if you look at my explore page when i was pregnant with honey it was all pregnant women it was all the (laughs) postpartum pregnant everything you know now it's all baby clothes like it's gonna be what you are and then facebook of course you have your friends you have followers you have your family and so i think that those are a little bit more wholesome those are a little bit more in your control and i talk about that a lot in the book about how you know, there is something to guarding our heart. The Bible talks about that yeah. for from it. It's the wellspring of life for from your heart. So your mouth shall speak. And so if you can't guard your heart on social media, you have to know that your heart can be damaged. And I think that yeah. in any way that you can, whether it's, you know, in life or on social media, you have to still protect your heart. And I just think Snapchat and TikTok are a dangerous place for that. I still have TikTok at times that I post on it. I don't really look at it a lot, but every now and then I'll post a fun video just because I'm with you. Like we have to be a light in the darkness. There is something to not running from something that is dark, but running to it with your light. But it is an interesting thing to navigate. Are 20 somethings on Instagram still? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I asked around and I would say most people say still that Instagram Instagram and probably, I think 20 something for sure would say Instagram is probably the biggest thing. I think maybe a little younger would probably say TikTok, like teens would maybe say TikTok. TikTok and Instagram are probably one and the same as far as big. I don't think Uh, Snapchat's as big anymore. I think Snapchat, I mean, it is for some people, don't get me wrong. There's definitely still, I even put this in the book, the statistics say that Snapchat almost has like the entire population of like 18 to 23 year olds or something. It's like 90%, like literally it's insane. So they certainly do have a big thing. But, as but far also on as Snapchat, just, you're not trying to get famous. On on TikTok and Instagram, not, you're trying to get famous. On Snapchat, you're trying, you're trying to, to talk to your friends. and yes, Right? Because you can't different. really get famous on Snapchat, right? I mean, I guess with your stories, but not really. Like, I mean, that's yeah. not really the place to do that. If you're going to try to get famous, I think I think that's the thing with TikTok that brings people in is because there is this, like, anyone can get famous. You can get TikTok famous off of anything. Like, you can yeah. post a video and you might not have, you know, any followers, but it says hashtag for your page and it gets on the for you page and you can have 20 yeah. million views. And then tomorrow your life's totally different. And, you know, but that's the thing. And I, that's the whole fame 
thing that I think is a really scary thing is that there's been several articles posted about these TikTok famous people who end up, you know, unfortunately, and this is sad to say, but literally committing suicide or getting so depressed because they get super famous and then it crashes because yeah. that fame isn't sustainable and then they don't feel worth. And I think that's the scary thing. And I talk about that a lot in the book of this fame cannot be our ultimate desire. And I yes. get why people think that fame is it because they think when I'm famous, I'll feel loved. I'll feel accepted. I'll feel celebrated. I'll feel like I have community, but fame doesn't fulfill those promises. Yeah. And that's a big thing in the book is if you're following fame to get those things that will lead you down a path that you'll literally end up lost. But when you follow Jesus, like you, you will know that you're loved, you'll know that you're accepted, you'll know that you're wanted. And so coming from a place of in relationship with Jesus to social media, not needing something from social media, not needing likes, not needing followers, not needing That's fame fine. is the best way to do it because then you get to, it's your overflow, you know, instead of the opposite yeah. of saying, you know, I need all this from social media. I need this fame. I need this likes, And if I don't get it, then right. I'm not enough or I'm not worthy. Right. And that's a toxic, dangerous cycle. Do our friends who have, I'm thinking about our friends listening who have 15 year olds or who have college students, kids or grandkids. Does everybody need to be on TikTok? Like, do we need to be there to see what our kids are doing or to, I mean, Snapchat's not going to help because they don't have to send you anything. Yeah. I have to say, I think that personally, I'm, I feel convicted by this verse in the Bible where Jesus talks about how you're a city on a hill, like a light, yeah. if you light a lamp, you don't put it under a, a sand so that it doesn't give light to the house. You put it on top of the sand so that it gives light to the whole house in the same way, glorify your father in heaven. I always love that verse. And I think about that with social media. So even there are times where I personally just don't want to have TikTok, And so I don't get on it. But then right. there are other times where I'm like, okay, like I'm not meant to like be a light that's hidden under a sand. Like if this is where everyone wow. is, then like I want to be a city on the hill. Like I want to yeah. be a light to the whole house. So like I would encourage you, like if you're in a good place spiritually in your own heart and you can be on, like get on, like be a light, yeah. do things that are fun, set an example, you know, of just fun and purity mm -hmm. in life, you know? Right. And if you're a mom, I mean, I always encourage people like to learn the things that their kids are on because I personally love that my mom and even my grandma is doing reels and she, cause she understands <laughs> it, you know? And it's funny. It is hilarious, but like yeah. there's something, there's something really cool about that. Um, just knowing that like she gets it, you know, and yeah. she's learning it and she's doing it in a way that's wise and she's doing it in right. a way that's fun and she's not doing it with the intention to be famous. She doesn't care. She's right. not doing it with the intention. She's just doing it because she, she's having a blast, you know? Yeah. And so there is something cool about seeing that. And I think, you know, one thing that one reason why your kids might not go to you is because they just think that you don't understand, you know, yeah. and it's, it's a beautiful thing to let them know that you understand because you see it or you have it or whatever. And Christian's mom always cracks me up. Christian's mom would be like, did y'all see this TikTok? And we're like, why are you on TikTok? <laughs> but it's also like, I feel like awesome that she's on TikTok, you know? Yeah. One of the things I think we've seen happen a couple of times with social media is when young people are somewhere and their parents come to that same app, the young people leave and go to a new thing. That's true. I guess right? that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm if like, everybody's well, still on Instagram and, and I'm with you, I quit Snapchat because we were doing the stories and people were watching and I was telling people to download Snapchat and I couldn't control the articles they saw. Uh-uh, it's hard. Yep. And so, I mean, that's hard for me yeah. on TikTok to start making things. I'm not making anything on TikTok yet, but it's hard for me to do that and encourage people to go there when I can't, where on Instagram, if they're just yep. following me, that's all they're seeing. They're not just following me, but you know what I mean? But on TikTok, yep. I can't control what shows up in people's Discover page. I really wrestle with that too. And that's something I've been really thinking about. I think that on TikTok, you know, what's interesting is you actually can just look at who you're following it's just when you get on TikTok, it will naturally revert to your Discover page, but you have to click on the like your following page. And so, I mean, I hope that this book is just giving people practical tools. And so my hope yes. is like, okay, if you're already going to be on it, like I'm not going to get yes. the whole world to be on TikTok, nor do I even right. want to. 
But like, I do want you to think about the fact that you can't guard your heart on your discovery page. So maybe just look at who you're following because who you're following is who, you know, you have a sense of control and you get to decide who you follow. And so I, I think we just have to teach people how to use it with wisdom, you know, and try to encourage people as we do it, because, you know, there there's a lot of darkness out there, but there's a lot of light and just say, Hey, follow these people. Like I used to say social media was a discouraging place. And now I honestly have the most encouraging social media of all time. If you get on my Instagram, you will be preached at like for, (laughs) you know, all your scrolls because all my follows are just these awesome people like you. And gosh, like I mentioned, Chris Kane or even just friends who love the Lord. Lainey is a great follow on social media. And I yeah. mean, if you just get on my page, you're gonna be like, man, like God is so good. And like, he loves me, you know? <laughs> and so like, there is something beautiful to following, you know, people that lead you to life. And I'm not saying don't follow people who are different than you. I think it's important to learn from people. I think it's important to follow people with different perspectives than you and kind of stretch your mind in that way and love people who are different than you. But if it's detrimental to your faith, if it's detrimental yeah. to your heart, to your mind, to your soul, then, then get rid of it. Don't follow it, yeah. you know? At the end of the book, you put a social media reset. Will you talk about that for a second? Yeah, so we put a social media reset in there. And the reason I did that is because, like I said, I'm not a routine person, but I know so many people are. <laughs> and I'm like, people are going to want like the practical, like yeah. how do I actually change the way that I am on social media? And so at the end of the book, it kind of asks these like who, what, where, why questions of like, who are you following? Why? You know, where are you when you get on social media? What are you looking at? Just to really practically break it down and try yeah. to make sure that like you're not just reading this book and saying, oh, that was a good thought, but you're actually like living out this message into your daily social media life. And so, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing people ask me is like practical tips. And some of my practical tips are like, you know, don't look at your discovery page unless you. Yeah have a sense of control over it or limit your screen time. But that really breaks it down in a more practical way of looking and analyzing where you're at, you know? That's brilliant. Okay. What did we not say about the book that you want to say? Gosh, I think you crushed it. You're such a good interviewer (laughs) and you're so fun to talk to. Like I forget sometimes that we're doing a, I forget we're doing a podcast. I feel like I'm just talking to you. I know. Good. That's a good. I want you to feel that way. Will you say the name? Because I want to give them props. There's the cutest coffee shop in West Monroe. What is that one that's downtown with the green on the wall? Standard? Do you have the... Yes, I think so. It's It was in walking distance when we were all at your wedding. Probably standard. I mean, we literally have like one coffee shop, but I love that you loved it. It's so, I think about it all the time, Sadie. It was so cute. That's so so sweet. it is big cute. props it to is, that hey, one coffee shop. West Monroe, we're stepping up. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you keep hosting conferences there, they're going to have to step up and get some more coffee shops. Trust me. Trust me. That's the plan. I'm going to keep doing it. So we're going to yeah. keep reviving the city. That's right. I mean, what's the scripture say that pray for the city you're in to prosper and you will prosper. So, hey, I like that. I'm going to, we're going to put that on our wall. That's good. Yeah, it is. I'll I'll Google it and find it for you. But it's, yeah, that's what the scripture says. Okay. The last question we always ask, Sadie Robertson Huff. Well, no, first I need to tell you again publicly what I've told you privately. I need you to be my Peloton instructor. Okay, listen, I will totally be your Peloton instructor. I told you this. I need you you and Christian on there. I'm just going to put... I'll just put this out there to your following first. So everyone on that sounds fun. Do y'all think I should start a inspirational Peloton instructing class? And if I should, I need to hire like 20 more people. So let me know. (laughs) They're (laughs) going to have like athletic team. That's right. A studio in New York, a studio in London and a studio in West Monroe. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. That is my dream. I'm like, I think about it almost every time I get on. I'm like, I really need Sadie and Christian to be my instructor here on my tread, my Peloton tread. We're going to do one just for fun and send it to you. Thank you. I wish you would. I wish you would. Okay. So because the show is called That Sounds Fun, Sadie, tell me what sounds fun to you. Oh, man, girl. You know what sounds fun? A dinner with my friends and a big game of fishbowl, which I will be doing tonight. Catch me tonight playing fishbowl. (laughs) 
right. It's going to happen. You just get through your work day and then you get to have, what are y'all having for dinner? What's the meal? Ooh, dad, you know, my dad is cooking. My dad cooks yep. so good. He's cooking some, some kind of chicken pasta, which is always go with some Mexican cornbread and some fried squash. That's what oh you get down gosh. in Louisiana. Yep. Oh, that sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's yeah, a great meal. If you want to fly here for tonight, just right. the book. come on down. That sounds fun. <laughs> With pleasure. Thanks for writing this book, Sadie. It's helpful for me. It's going to help so many of our friends who are navigating this. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Thanks, Annie. Love you you so much. Oh, you guys, isn't she the best? Man, I love talking about our businesses, talking about her book, talking about TikTok, and talking about Sadie and Christian being a new Peloton instructors. Let's make it happen, people. Hey, be sure to grab a copy of Who Are You Following? And follow Sadie on social media if you don't already. Tell her thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, and remember, we still have some tickets left for our That Sounds Fun tour shows, and we want you to be in the room where it happens. You don't want to miss this. Tickets are available at AnnieFDowns.com slash events. But if you can't make it in person, be sure to grab a ticket to the live stream straight from my hometown of Mary to Georgia. Tickets and all the info are at CompassionLive.com. You've got to join us. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is I'm getting to finish that outline for my preaching at Crosspoint on Sunday. It would be really fun when that outline is done. I've been working on this one a long time. So if you want to tune in on Sunday, crosspoint.tv slash live. You're very, very welcome. Y'all have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday with the wise and wonderful Sissy Goff and David Thomas from the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. They're going to help us celebrate 100 Days to Brave for kids, and I cannot wait. We'll see y'all then.